Faith is going beyond our reach, going beyond our ability. To put your faith in something means you are trusting something outside of your reach or your ability. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is a pretty common verse. If you've been a Christian for a while and you've read your Bible through and you've been in church enough times, you've had the pastor come to Hebrews chapter 11. At least if you're in a good church, you've had a pastor come to chapter 11 of Hebrews several times. And uh, this is no different here tonight. But in Hebrews chapter 11, I just want to read the first verse for you as we open our service this evening. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the men and women who are in this Bible. Some for good, some did evil. But they're all in the Bible for a, a perfect reason. They're all in here. Whether their deeds were good or evil, you had them written in here for us to know, for us to learn about. There are no mistakes in your word. And I'm so grateful for just the privilege to read your word freely and to preach it freely. And I do ask for your, your guidance, your wisdom on the message today. You'd be with my words, that they would be yours and be with those listening, that they would be able to hear, free of distraction. And Lord, I just pray that your name would be uplifted and glorified. This evening we pray in your name. Amen. What do we need faith for? What do we need faith for? Uh, you, faith is preached a lot. Every, uh, you always hear pastor and you ever, always hear people saying, have faith in God. Faith in God. We need more faith. You want this? You got to have faith. You need this? You, you need to have more faith. We hear it talked. It's need of faith. But, but why? Well, why do we need it? Many people don't choose the life of faith because they feel that they have everything they need already. So for those people, why do I need faith? Maybe you're talking to somebody who has money, who has riches, who has everything they need in life. Well, what do I need to add faith to my life for? I already have everything I need. Here's the thing about faith. Faith always means something bigger than us. Faith never means something smaller than us because that doesn't take any faith at all. If it's something within your grasp, within your reach, I don't need faith to pick up this pen because it was right there. Now, if the pen was on top of the roof and I had zero ladder, no way of getting to it, and I needed that pen right now, it's out of my reach. It's, we're talking now we're on a different level, a different scale. Faith is going beyond our reach, going beyond our ability. To put your faith in something means you are trusting something outside of your reach or your ability. And this is where many people stop right there. I, I don't want to put my faith and trust in anyone but myself. I only trust me. 
They don't want to. They don't want to do or trust in themselves, or they only want to do or trust in themselves because they don't trust anyone else. You've heard stories or seen pictures of people who don't trust banks and they keep wads of cash in their microwaves and ovens. Lots of people don't trust the government; they're always watching and listening. Hope they're listening to this message tonight. That'd be good for them, actually. I've heard someone describe faith this way, and uh, this isn't maybe the most theological definition, but I think it's a good illustration. Faith is like heaven's currency. Probably heard this before. It's the currency by which God runs. It, for instance, if you if you want something, uh, let's say um, let's say husband and wife marriage isn't going the way it should be going, you want it to get fixed. So you you go to God in prayer and say, God, I need you to fix our our marriage. Um, Lord, do you, take, uh, do you take MasterCard or debit? Obviously, you know, worldly currency doesn't, doesn't apply, doesn't mean anything. But perhaps what would happen is, Lord, I, I need some help in our marriage. And God might look down at you and say, how much faith do you have? Well, I got, um, got 20 faith. Lord, is that good enough? Perhaps sometimes... The request given requires more faith than others. It's just an illustration for you tonight that God, faith is very much needed for anybody who would like to go beyond themselves. So I ask the question again, why do we need faith? Why faith? Well, we come to Hebrews chapter 11 and We've read verse 1. We'll read it again. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So, why do we need faith? Well, the first thing you need faith for, faith to believe in God's word. Faith to believe in God's word. God's word requires faith because everything written in this book was written before our time, before it exists, before we existed. There are things in this book take all the way back to the beginning. It says here in verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Faith in God's creation is how Hebrews 11 starts out. We need faith to believe that. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about the difference between evolution and creation. I, I, am, I trust and pray that everyone listening tonight probably doesn't struggle with evolution. If you do, you can contact us and we can deal with that problem, that situation later. But let's just face it, we need faith to believe that what God said in Genesis chapter 1 happened, right? We, we weren't there when it happened, when the earth was, was, was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. To be there, to see creation happen, it's not possible, because... Humans weren't even created at that time, but I hope in heaven there's like a slideshow and we can watch, you know, if the Lord took pictures of his progression throughout history. We can go back and just see pictures of, you know, David and Goliath and see these pictures of Jonah and the way, I don't know, it would just be neat to see all these images that we've, 
conjured up in our minds. Why do we need faith? We need faith to believe in God's word. And God word, God's word here talks about numerous things in, in the scriptures. And honestly, one of the most important things is the very beginning. That God created this world. It was not evolved. It did not develop over time. It was God that created us. God created you and me for a reason, for a purpose. Look in verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Not only do we need faith in God's creation, but we need faith in God's judgment. Don't have a whole lot of time to delve into this, you understand, but Cain and Abel, the first children, I mean, God created Adam and then created Eve, and then the first children born on earth was Cain and Abel. And right from the get-go, you see two siblings fighting, even at the very beginning, in a state of, I would say, near perfection. Two brothers going at it, God looking down on their sacrifices, God still demanding sacrifice, and Abel doing it one way, God being pleased, and God not being pleased with the way Cain was doing it. And I've heard people argue about this. Oh, why was, why was God so picky? Why did he like Abel's more than Cain's? And it got so bad that Cain got jealous and killed Abel. And, and maybe if God hadn't been so harsh, look, sometimes we don't really always understand the way, the reason God does things. God's judgment. Why God allows this to happen to this person. And why this person gets away with this. And how come this takes place here? And why did that happen there? And you could get stressed out of your mind worrying about all these things and trying to figure out the problems of our world and why things happen. Instead of just saying, Lord, I'm just going to believe that you know what you're doing. You've always known what you're doing. Maybe there's something going on in your life. And it's difficult. It's hard sometimes, especially when you don't understand. And typically we don't understand. But just to say, Lord... I have faith that you're, you are doing this for a reason. Faith in God's judgments. God was blessed and he saw Abel's sacrifice was greater than Cain's. And you could read Genesis 4 and see that story there. But why else do we need faith? Look in verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. We need faith to even please God. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, we had an evangelist here, Paul Schwenke, and he did, he preached an incredible message on the life of Enoch. You can go to our website, gracebaptistchurch.ca, and you can look at that sermon for yourself. This man, Enoch, was an incredible man. Not a whole lot known about him, Except that he pleased God. That he, he walked with God. Those are really those are really only three things known about him. He walked with God, he pleased God, and he preached about God. Boy, Enoch was, a, Enoch was Noah's great-great-grandfather. He was the seventh from Adam. And now Noah may have never met Enoch. Although their age difference, it's probably a good chance he may have. We know that Noah was living in a wicked world. God took Noah and his family, and from what we can tell, they were the only righteous people in all the land. 
is what the Bible says in Genesis. Enoch, a few generations before, several hundred years before, still no doubt the world may not have been as wicked as it was in Noah's day, but it was on that track. It was headed down, and Enoch was living in a wicked world. Yet Enoch, he still walked with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. His walk, his, his actions before God was by faith. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. And the Corinthians here says, For we walk by faith. The only way that he could have even walked with God, pleased God, is living a life of faith unto God. Verse 6, it goes on. It says, you want to, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Enoch, the only reason, it says here in verse 5, that Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. However, in verse 6, it verifies this by saying, you can't please God unless you have faith. Do you want to please God with your life, with your actions? Faith is required. Faith is required to please God. If you're not pleasing God tonight with your actions, chances are you're not living a life of faith. Faith is required for these things to take place. Oh, but look at the end of verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. We need faith to be saved. To be saved from your sins. Now I hope that everyone watching this sermon this evening is saved and on their way to heaven. And me saying this now should bring joy in your heart. Yes, Pastor Tim. Yes, I, and every time you hear somebody say the word saved or salvation, or you hear somebody give their testimony, it should bring jitters in your body. It should give those butterflies, those good ones. It should, it should remind you of the day that you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. It should be a wonderful memory in your minds. It says here in verse 6, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. In order for you to come to God... You must have faith that he is. What does he is mean? That he is real. That he is God. That what he says in his word is true. That we believe his words. Man. Salvation. The day you got saved. Do you remember that day? If you're scratching your head going, that's kind of fuzzy. I don't really remember the events. That what I don't really know. If you're not sure you're going to heaven. As I've heard someone say before, if you're 99% sure you're going to heaven, then you're 100% going to hell. You can be 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven today. You don't have to wonder or worry about it. Jesus Christ is there waiting for you, for you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That can be you even today. Why do we need faith? What do we need faith for? We need faith, first of all, to believe in God's word. Because not everything in here is, is easy to, to just believe haphazard. Sometimes we need to step back and say, Whoa, Lord, I'm not sure why that's in there, but I believe it's there. Because you said it. 
You know, we also need faith to trust in the unknown. To trust in the unknown. Look in verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Interesting wording chosen here. It says, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. What did God tell Noah? Going to judge the earth with a flood, with rain. As most people, most uh, historians and theologians would say, chances are at this point in history, it had never rained before. And certainly not like it was about to. And certainly there was no need for Noah to build a massive ark where he was. Noah was told to have faith in something he didn't understand. Something that was just beyond him. Building a boat the size that he did. Do you remember how long it took Noah to build the ark? 120 years. What are you going to do when you're 120? <laughs> 120 years, Noah and his family. Could have just been just those eight people doing all the work. It's crazy. God was testing Noah. And we know for 120 years, <laughs> Noah obeyed God. I'm sure there was a morning or two he woke up and had some doubts. Thought he himself was crazy. Maybe he hallucinated and maybe he wasn't hearing God. I'm sure he had those moments, 120 years, bound to happen at least once. But as far as we know, Noah kept his head down. He kept plowing ahead. And even though it was unknown in his life, he kept going. Look at verse 8. Not only do we see Noah's faith to build the ark, but in verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Imagine that. Pick up your bags and go. Where am I going? Just, just go. So just go. Yeah, just go. Which way? Just that way right there. You mean like this? Yeah, that. Okay. Family, we're going that way. Why aren't you coming? Can you imagine taking your family to a place you did not know where you were going? Abraham, Abraham's faith to move his family. We are... Interest, we, are, we look and we see and we understand today that we, in our day and age, are constantly living in a state of the unknown. If you didn't realize that before, this pandemic would help you understand this even better. There's always unknowns. There's always, you don't even know what's going to happen to you tonight. But I think one thing this pandemic has done is really helped us understand that we aren't in control of anything. I'm not talking about the government being in control of everything. I just mean we really legitimately have no control over what's going to happen on our way home tonight with our job tomorrow. There's a really, if you were to let your mind just wander off, there's a lot of insecurities, worldly speaking, because nothing is guaranteed. 
Nothing is given to us freely. The duration of your job could end soon. That could be something you're worried about. It's unknown. A lot of people are losing jobs. Right now you may have a job that seems stable, but if things keep going the way they are, they may not be that way a couple months from now, a couple years from now. I remember my dad, he at one point, he was heavily involved in the newspaper industry. And if you know, some of you watching are involved in this industry. And in America especially, the newspaper industry is dying. And you could probably imagine why. How many of you get your daily news from a newspaper? Probably most of you don't. Where do you get your daily news from? Your phone, right? You Google it. You look it up. Somebody sends you a message. Uh, Facebook, you know, not always the correct news, but we get our news from places. Maybe we should just go back to newspapers. More, it was less chance of fake. I mean, I'm sure it was still there. And I remember my dad's praying, saying, Lord, I don't think this job's going to last very long. <laughs> uh, every day, customers were quitting. Every day, there was less papers to throw. Every day, and my dad still had a family to take care of. He still had uh, kids in college, and he still had uh, bills to pay. He still had all these things going on. You just never know. And of course, my dad, my Lord, got my dad out of that job, into a job, and everything's taken care of. It's fine, because that's how God works for me put our faith and trust in him. A big unknown really also is the duration of our health. You never know when something's going to happen. You may be healthy. You may run six miles every day and eat healthy. You may not even realize there's something internally going on in your body and something could happen. The unknown is all around us and will always be around us. But should we be like Noah and Abraham and have the faith to, per, to go on, even when God asks us to do something that we just don't understand? Not only do, are we required to have faith to trust sometimes in the unknown, to trust in God through it all when, when difficulties and things are taking place in our life, but also, number three, we need faith to endure through trials. Faith to endure through trials. Verse 11. This one's, uh, this is a trial right here that uh, guys will never understand. Verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Childbirth, as many people will say, is one of the most painful things in the world, and it's oftentimes, it can be dangerous. And we're blessed today to have all the medical equipment and the doctors and all the things on hand. If something goes wrong, I'm no doubt modern technology has saved many lives, because it's, it can be a dangerous process. And not just that, it's you... It requires strength. If you've ever, if you're a husband, you've ever had to hold your wife's hand and just watch her suffer and go through that. It's, it's really a terrible experience. And the moment it's finished, it's one of the greatest experiences. It's one thing to do that as a lady when you're in your 20s, 30s, maybe 40s, <laughs> maybe 50s. But there, is a, a, there comes a point in your life where you, your body just can't do it anymore. 
Sarah, way past that point, should not have had the strength to do such a thing, to have a child in her old age. But how was she able to get through it? It says she received strength. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Because God promised Sarah that you will have a child. And let me tell you something. When God promises something, it won't be broken. You can put your faith and trust in the promises of God. I know sometimes uh, your mom, your dad, your siblings may promise you something and break it. Well, we're humans. But God is not human. God is someone that you can trust. You can put your full faith in. When he makes a promise, he will not break it. Sarah held to that. She had a moment where she laughed at first, if you've read the scriptures, when she first heard she was going to have a child. Uh, She was outside the tent when Abraham was being told this news, and she laughed within her heart. She thought, that's a good joke. I'll write that one down and, and never tell that one again. But Sarah eventually realized, okay, this is true. This is real. God, you said it's going to happen, and it's going to happen. Faith to endure through trials. Look in verse 17. We already talked about Abraham, but we got to go back to him yet again. Because this one right here. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom, verse 18, it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. But, verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. This story right here gets me every time. And it means so much more now that I'm a father. Should God one day require of me to take my son up and to offer him as a sacrifice? (laughs) I mean, as of right now, this stage in my life... I don't know. I certainly wouldn't get up and do it joyfully. I certainly don't think, I don't know if I would have the strength. Abraham, it says, supposing, knowing that God promised, this is your son, and through him will be a seed, countless as the stars, will be children of all generations, will be a great nation, scratching his head thinking, God, why am I supposed to do this? This is, Abraham came to the point where he thought, maybe, God's just going to raise him back from the dead, which is even more crazy. That hadn't happened back then. I mean, we see Jesus doing it in the New Testament, but people being raised from the dead wasn't, I don't think it was common back in Genesis. It's not common even today. The faith that Abraham had, the trial of walking up that hill with his son next to him, perhaps even carrying his own firewood that was supposed to be used for his son. The struggle, the emotional pain that he had to endure up that hill. But you know what? God gave him that. Abraham conquered. We go through trials and temptations constantly. All the time. Perhaps now you're going through one. House fires, right? My parents just went through that. We've had someone in our church go through that not too long ago. Poor health. Once again, everybody knows somebody who has... Health issues, health struggles, job loss. We have our, the Lord has blessed our church. Most everyone in our church was able to retain their job, but there have been some. And there are some outside who are connected to us who have lost. 
or even just a decrease in hours. School troubles, not just with grades, but with other kids at school or relationship struggles, maybe between siblings or parents and kids or parent and parents between spouse. We go through uh, trials and temptations constantly and God can and will help us through these trials through faith. Through faith. When you're really hurting and you go to somebody for counsel and you pour your heart out and their answer back to you is have faith in God. Oftentimes that's not the answer you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that, but, but seriously, <laughs> how, how, can, how can you help me? I can't help you, but God can. And it sounds like a simple answer, and in reality, it's a simple reply, and it's a simple action, yet we overcomplicate it so much, this idea of faith. I heard this illustration once. You've probably heard it. It's, uh, it's called the pendulum, and there is a... This guy was asked to give a demonstration in his class for, uh, he was in university. So he was getting his paperwork together and, and it needed to be a certain topic that drove home, a, drove home a powerful point. So what he did is he was doing it on the, the pendulum. And I, I'm not going to explain this perfectly well, so just bear with me. But you understand what a pendulum is and you... Uh, you raise it up, and it, comes, it swings back and forth, right? Swings back and forth, whatever you want to call it. But the whole idea behind the pendulum is you raise, we'll just say a stick, you raise it up, and when you release it, it swings, and it will never swing higher than its original points. Because of gravity, every swing, every turn will be less and less and less until it reaches the equilibrium, you know, the, 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 until it reaches the end, Right? And he gave this tiny illustration with his little, uh, you know, his little toys up in class, and he, he showed everybody, and everybody agreed. Yes, yes, we, we believe in the, um, in the, I don't know what it's called, but we believe in the pendulum, okay? <laughs> we believe how it works. Yes, we agree with you. Okay, great. Obviously, this is not a personal illustration, okay? So now, he wasn't finished. The class thought he was finished, but what they didn't realize is up in the rafters, he had a big strong rope and a 200 pound weight tied to it, real strong and sturdy. And he asked a volunteer to come up from the class. He brought him forward and he sat him down to the perfect spot. He already had it all marked out before and he even tested it himself. And he brought the weight and he pushes the weight, you know, all the way up to the guy's nose and says, now do you still believe in the law of the pendulum? Do you still believe that if I release this weight, I, I don't think he was holding it like this. If it was 200 pounds. He's probably holding it like this. If I release this weight now, and it swings and comes back, according to the law of physics, it will not hit you. And trembling and reluctantly, the volunteer said, yeah, 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 I, I believe you. Just give me some room in case I got to run. <laughs> So they move it up. He moves it all the way up just a half inch from his nose. And he, one, two, three, steps out of the way. The pendulum swings. And the volunteer was shaking and sweating. And as that 200-pound weight starts swinging back, 
What do you think the volunteer did? I'd be thinking, well, just in case he didn't tie it right. You know, just in case something comes loose, I'm not going to stand there. So the man dives out of the way under the desks and avoids getting hit, which he would not have gotten hit by the pendulum. See, a moment ago, he agreed, yes, I believe that's true. But now when he was put to the test, he didn't want to believe it anymore. Even though he may have still believed it, he didn't want to go through with it. And that's exactly what we do with faith so much, is we, yeah, yeah, Lord, I I know I need to trust in you and have faith in you, but when the going gets tough, when the trial's there, when the weight's up to your nose, we bail out and we dive under the desk. We try a different avenue, a different route. We We need to be like Sarah and Abraham and not back down when these trials come. Which leads us to our last point here. Why do we need faith? We need faith to do the impossible. Faith to do the impossible. Look in verse 29. Man, this story right here. By faith, they, Hebrews, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. You know the story? Faith to do the impossible? This is impossible. It can't be done. Humanly speaking, no. Not only, I mean, you've got a million plus people at the, at the, on a shore with an army behind you running at you. And Moses says, hey guys, just calm down. Calm down. No, I'm, I am not going to calm down. We can't go that way. We can't go that way. We can't go that way. Oh, and we can't go that way. And we haven't invented anything yet to go that way. So what are we going to do? And they're grumbling and complaining. And Moses just asks the Lord for strength and wisdom. And God tells Moses to walk out into the, to the sea. And he, and he raises up his staff. And the wind starts to pick up. And what happens? The impossible happens. The waters parts. And a million plus people cross over, and it even says here in Hebrews, on dry land. And then to make it even better, as soon as they made it through, the Egyptians said, oh, thanks God, we'll just go through too. And then God closes it on the Egyptian army. That's impossible. It can't happen. It can't be done. How about this? Look at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. So first, we see the faith to cross the Red Sea, and now we have the faith to defeat Jericho. Now, we've read the story. We know what happens, and you know, we say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. Well, if you, read that, we, you read what the Israelites are going through at this time. It was a big deal. When Israel, for, in, number, in, in Numbers, when they first came to the Promised Land, 12 spies, remember, went out. 10 of the 12 said, yeah, the walls are too high. Yeah, the people are too big. Yeah, we can't do it. Now God's giving them round two 40 years later. And they're up at that same wall again. The people are going, oh, we can't do this. It's too high, too big. We we messed up. Let's go back to Egypt. And then God tells them to do the most ridiculous thing. You don't talk. You don't speak. Just walk around the wall once on Monday. And then when they got back, okay, we're going to do it again on Tuesday. Just walk around, don't say anything. Oh, and do it again on Wednesday. 
and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Oh, but when Sunday came, I don't know what day of the week it was, but sounds good to be on Sunday. On Sunday, when Sunday came, he rolls everybody up and God says, all right, this is it, guys. Now you're going to walk around seven times. Don't say anything. Don't speak. And as they walked around, you know the story. On that last round around, God finally said, all right, I'll let you do something, even though I'm doing all the work. You can yell, you can scream, you can do it. You, you can let it all out. All the week that you've been walking around being silent, let it out. And you know the story. They screamed, they yelled, they blew the trumpets, they broke pitchers, whatever they did. And then the walls fell down. No big deal. Those concrete, whatever thick walls that everyone was scared of, they just crumbled down. And not even really much battle took place. The Bible said they just went in and looted the place. It's like everyone died in the, in the fall. God just took care of everything. It's impossible. Just yelling and screaming around a mighty wall. I'm glad that that's not the case here. It gets pretty loud around here. These walls would have come down pretty quickly. But man, the impossible happens. Imagine you not wanting to have faith. What do I need faith for? Imagine being just confined to only what you're able to do in life. When you put your faith in God, anything can happen. The impossible can take place. I could tell you story after story after story in the Bible where this took place. In fact, the writer of Hebrews here, which I believe is Paul, he says the same thing. Look at verse 31. He says, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that had believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And look at verse 32. And what, shall I, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the, out of the weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments, Yea, they were stones, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith. Through faith. All these stories, these miracles, these amazing things that took place. They were all done because God allowed it. Because of their faith in God. And I can tell you personal stories in my life where impossible things took place. Perhaps you can say, say some. But maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, I've never had anything like that happen to me. And small things, you know. And I imagine one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see and understand just how much God did for us. How many things actually took place 
behind the curtain that you or I never saw. I have friends, I have family on Facebook who are constantly asking for prayer. Had someone uh, not too long ago, it was an old neighbor of mine back, in, back when, I, uh, when we lived in California. And uh, she's a Christian and she has a husband who just one problem after the other. He had some kind of a heart failure and then finally got through that and got in this horrible car accident. That wasn't his fault. I think it was a drunk driver and just mangled his body. And he finally made it through all. He's finally back on his feet, finally about to get his job back. And they fired him. And he now jobless, needs to look for a job. And something happened. He slipped down the stairs and his leg went out. He's back in the hospital. And then my and then the, the wife, she lost her job at that point. And now they have no medical. They have nothing. And her husband's bills are out the roof. And she goes on Facebook and just says, all I'm asking is that you pray with me. That God would reveal himself. And the next morning, she posts and says, I don't know how to explain this, but I got a job. Full medical coverage. So much more money than she ever made before. Enough for my husband to stay home and, and recuperate. And to you, this may sound like coincidence. And I can tell you story after story where somebody just puts their faith and trust in something greater than themselves to see what God can do. And we're not talking about prosperity gospel. We're not talking about God lumping on you tons and tons of money. But meeting your needs and helping you accomplish greater things for God's honor and God's glory. So why do we need faith? Faith to believe the words of God, faith to trust in the unknown, faith to endure trials, and faith to do the impossible. Would it seem like impossible to reach 100 missionaries supporting? We're almost there. 10 years ago, it would have seemed impossible. 10 years ago, it would have seemed impossible to even be in this building. Yet here we are. And now we're praying about... (laughs) something else more impossible. We're praying for a bigger building, the 104 building. We're praying for something way beyond any human comprehension. Let's keep our faith in God this year to see him do some great things in 2021. Pastor Pastor Tim, that was an excellent message on faith. Spoke to my heart. Thank you. I sat there listening And just felt the need for more faith. And the words came to my heart. Lord. Increase our faith. Increase my faith. And of course you know in the scriptures. Jesus said well. If you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. You know something. It's all about how. Trustworthy God is. To keep his promises. We put faith in what God says. God says, go there. We put faith in, we go there. God says, do this. We put faith in God in his word. And we do that. We may not understand why we're to go there and why we're to do this. But God says, do that. And we do it. And 99.9% of all that we need to know is going to be in the book. God's put it in there. And we just need to have faith in what God says.
Faith is the best way to live. It's the most exciting life there is. Hallelujah. Listen, I'd like to pray with you now. And I'd like to ask that God increase your faith. And if that's the desire of your heart, I want you to put your hand on God's word. Put your hand on the Bible. Signifying you're going to trust God at his word. Close your eyes, bow your head with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all of the ones that are watching. We have a good number of people watching right now. And I pray for everyone that knows you. They got their hand upon your word. They're trusting your word, your promises, your instructions. They're trusting your warnings. They're trusting your counsels. Father, we, we've learned on Wednesday nights to trust in your rebuke. Lord, increase our faith. Increase the faith of everyone who in their heart right now is praying, Lord, increase my faith. And bless us as a church family to serve you, to make you known, to do your will, to see miracles happen. And we pray it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.